Have you ever wondered how in the world you're supposed to know what God's will is for your life? Or maybe you're in a season where you're trying to help your child figure out their purpose. I have a senior in high school this year, and we've spent hours and hours praying and talking through the next steps for him. I know the angst and feelings of uncertainty this can cause. So when my friend, Brittany Ann, released her new book, Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life, I knew I needed to talk to her. Brittany's no-nonsense, deeply practical, and thoroughly biblical approach to understanding and walking out God's will is going to challenge you, and I hope leave you with a better understanding of how to make sure you're in God's will and how to help your children learn to do the same. This is not just a book for us moms or dads. This is a book for our kids. You're going to want to pick up a copy. Brittany Ann is an author, speaker, and the founder of EquippingGodlyWomen.com, a popular Christian living website dedicated to helping women be all in in faith and family. Brittany is married to an incredible godly husband, and together they have three adorably energetic little ones. I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend. Prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey, all are welcome here. Let's get started. Quiet. A five-letter word that all moms crave, not just for their homes, although certainly that, but for their hearts. Nothing feels quiet if our hearts aren't at peace. In fact, studies show that stress and anxiety can cause actual physical illness. According to Harvard University, stress can cause digestive issues, weight gain, elevated blood pressure, chest pain, heart disease, problems with our immune system, skin conditions, headaches, and sleep disruption. How many of those can you place a check beside right now because you experience them on a semi-regular basis? Lack of quiet, lack of ongoing peace, and a lack of ability to get to a quiet and peaceful place in our hearts in the midst of stress is killing us slowly. But for the believer in Jesus, it doesn't have to. Join me for Carving Out Quiet, a prayerful study of peace, yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. All right, Brittany, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. Tell us a little bit about you and your ministry and the work for God's kingdom that you've put your hands to. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Um, my name is Brittany Ann. I own the website equippinggodlywomen.com, where I challenge, encourage, and equip busy Christian moms to be all in in faith and family. I am an author of the brand new book, Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. And I'm a wife and a mom and a golden doodle owner and all of the things. Well, I I just have to tell you guys, I have really loved reading Brittany's book. Um, I feel like it is so practical. And that's one of the things is I've had the opportunity to get to know Brittany over the last couple of months that I have loved the most about her is that she is so practical and she approaches the word of God in the same way. And I really think you're going to enjoy our conversation today. So before we get into the specifics about knowing how to follow God's will for our lives. I'd like for you to lay a foundation for us. What are the two things that you say that we really as believers must know first before trying to figure out anything else? Yeah, this is a great question because when we approach the topic of following God's will, trying to figure out what does he want from us? What does he expect of us? What does he ask us to do? It can get so overwhelming as we think, oh, I need to go out there and figure out this huge mystery. I have to find this thing and I have to figure it out. But the good news is when we get in scripture, 
God's word has so much for us, both in terms of examples and practical um, advice for us. And as I was seeking to answer this question myself, I came across a verse that just really makes it clear that I love. So in the gospels, in Matthew chapter 22, we see the same thing happening where the Pharisees are coming to Jesus and they're asking his opinion as a wise teacher and saying, okay, we have the old Testament. We have all of these laws and we don't feel that we are capable of following all of these laws and doing all of these things. You know, how do we um, how do we do this thing? And so they asked Jesus for his advice. And Jesus tells them in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And I think it's so important that we start here because rather than getting so overwhelmed in, should I take this job or that job? Or should I um, marry this person or that person? Or who should I be friends with? These are all great questions, but we have to start first with, okay, Jesus tells us no matter what we do, every decision that we make needs to fall under the umbrella of two things. Love God, love others. If what you are thinking about does not meet those qualifications, it's the wrong thing. Um, but if it does, then that's a really great place to start. Yeah, I love that so much. I think we just forget about it. I remember, you know, I, I had a very clear path for myself, like educationally and career wise. I knew very early in my life what I wanted to do or what I thought I wanted to do, what I thought I was called to do. And I took the appropriate steps to get there. And I remember there was a time when I was in graduate school that I, I just like I was waiting for uh, or trying to find an internship. Um, I needed the internship to be able to complete my master's degree. And I remember thinking, Lord, like, where do I go? What do I do? Which opportunity is right for me? And, and I was very, very stressed out about it because I have always been a person that wanted to just do the right thing. I really wanted, like, I, my heart was sincere. I want to do the right thing, Lord. I want to do what you've called me to do and nothing else. And I forgot in that moment that doing what I'm called to do is not just an end goal. It's not just where I end up. It's how I'm living right now. And that's really what you're talking about is, yes, God will bring us the right things, but it, it really, you know, following God's will for our lives is a right now thing. It's not just a later thing as well. And I love one of the things that I really enjoyed about the book that you stress is that while there are principles in the Bible that help us figure out God's will for us, there's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all answer. And that's something we talk about here at Million Praying Moms a lot. I think a lot of parents come to the Bible hoping to find a one-size-fits-all for parenting so that they can you know, make sure that the kids that they love so much turn out to be exactly you know, they, they turn out to be great Christian kids. And I'm constantly saying there is no one size fits all. In fact, there's only a handful of verses in the Bible that have anything to do with parenting at all. And so I'm really excited to dig into that with you. There are some very specific do's and don'ts in scripture, right? Like we can all think of some of those, but God has actually given us a lot of freedom in how we follow his will for our lives. And the way that we do it, the way I do it might look very different than the way my neighbor does it. So why do you think as Christians that we kind of rebel against that? God has given us all this freedom to follow him, but we would rather fit into a box. Why do you think that is? Yeah, honestly, I think that oftentimes it's just fear, that fear that we don't want to get it wrong. We don't want to mess up. We don't want to miss the boat. And yet when we go to scripture and we don't just cherry pick one verse, but we read through the treasury of scripture, we see so much wisdom and encouragement and so many examples. So if you think of, I'm a total perfectionist, so I can completely relate to that fear of getting it wrong. But if you look to scripture, you see so many times where people got it wrong. They got it wrong all of the time. For example, when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, he didn't immediately obey and do the right thing. He hightailed it the other direction and said, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, you think of Peter who denied Christ three times and still God said, you are the rock that I'm going to build this church upon. You see um, Saul who became Paul when he was Paul, he was the greatest missionary evangelist of all time, wrote the majority of the New Testament, but he got his start persecuting Christians, hunting them down 
So anytime you look through scripture, there's just so much encouragement that, you know what? We're not going to get it right. God is the only one who is perfect. We are not perfect. We're going to mess up. And God knows that we're going to mess up. That's not a surprise to him. It's not an expectation that we're going to get it all right. It's completely fine. So God knows that we're going to do that. And that's okay. Obviously, we should want to do our best, um, but it's okay if we mess up. So I have a story from about this in my own life, um, how you had mentioned you are the kind of person who had a plan and you knew that like, this is what was going to happen. I really didn't come in with this sense of plan or idea of what would happen. Instead, what happened to me was I went to, um, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian college and I had some ideas of things that I might like to do with my life. I tend to be a dreamer. I'm like, oh, I could do this and that and the other thing. And I wanted to do all of these big things. And instead what happened was I met my now husband, um, but before we were married, I ended up getting pregnant before we got married. And I ended up in a situation where he had to work out of town all week long just to make ends meet. And I was stuck at home in an apartment with an infant. And I remember very distinctly sitting at home in this teeny little apartment with my little baby, just the two of us thinking, I don't know what God's will for my life was, but whatever it was, obviously I messed it up. I've disqualified myself. I, I messed up. I did the wrong thing. Like, I don't know what it is I'm missing out on, but I know that there was something for me and whatever it is, like, I can't do it because I was looking at the circumstances around me and I was looking at, okay, I can't go out. Um, I can't move to another city. I can't go be on stages or I can't go do a woman's ministry, anything. Like there's so much I can't do. I was at home in an apartment. We didn't even have internet. Like there's so much that I can't do. And yet The beautiful thing about God is that he already knew there is nothing that we can do that is a surprise to God. There are so many times we're going to mess up, but none of it is a surprise. He already knew. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God already knew that that would be the situation that I would find myself in. And whatever situation you are in today, God already knew. He took that into account when he was deciding what he would ask you to do. He considered your situation. He considered your personality. He considered your gifts. All of that was determined in advance. And Romans eleven twenty nine 29 tells us for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So it doesn't matter what you have done in the past. It doesn't matter if you think you've disqualified yourself. It doesn't matter if you don't feel equipped, you don't feel prepared. If God has told you that you can do something or he's called you to something, or even if you don't see what it is yet, God already knows. He's already decided. He's already working it out. So for me, when I'm in the situation, we did eventually get internet. And then I was in the situation where I said, okay, I have a baby and he takes naps during the day and then he sleeps at night and my husband is working, taking care of his family. So what can I do with right where I am right now? There's lots of things I can't do, but what can I do? And I found out that I could get started writing medical articles online. I had no background in medicine. I had no desire to be a writer. Like I did not have any plan. All I knew was we have a lot of medical debt from an unexpected baby and I can make $5 an hour writing so many articles about dental implants that I didn't know (laughs) that this was, you know, going to be like the big thing. I wasn't looking for, oh, this is how God is going to provide for you articles about dental implants and car dealerships and like all of these things that nobody cares about, but it was, okay, what can I do with right where I am right now? Well, I can get started writing these articles. It's not a lot. But every $5 helps. So I will just get started writing. And from there, I started writing. And then I realized I could create my own website. And it was once I started to take those first steps that once I walked through door number one, then door number two opened. And once I walked through door number two, door number three opened. And today I have eight books and I have a website that reaches women in nearly every country of the world. And I'm on the radio and I'm on TV and I'm doing a lot of really cool things. But you know what? I am doing all of them from my home with my children. I am literally, um, full disclosure, in my pajamas, sitting in my bed right now, recording this interview because (laughs) God knew that I would need something that I could do at home while still being a mom. I didn't need to go out and find something or create something. God said, here is where you are and I will give you something right where you are with the ways that I've gifted you. So I think sometimes we get so worried. We think, oh, well, God has to do it this way or we have to follow, we have to have a plan And I think God is so gracious sometimes that he says, you don't need the plan because if you need the plan, you're going to be following the plan. I didn't ask you to follow the plan. I asked you to follow me. 
So I think it's waking up every day and saying, God, here is what I have. Here is where I am. How do you want me to follow you today? Right where I am today. Yeah, man. I love, I just wanted to say like, preach, throw it out there, sister. I love that. Um, I, I often have prayed because I, you know, nobody knows how often I get it wrong in my own life better than I do, right? With my kids, with my husband, with my friends, with my family. I often, let me just, you know, again, full disclosure. Also, I have my bedroom slippers on, so you're not alone. Um, <laughs> but full disclosure, I get it wrong a lot. I do. And I, I like to be right. I really enjoy being right. That is something if you ask my husband, he would tell you that he would confirm that, but I get it wrong a lot. And so one of my prayers has been years ago, my dad tells this story. My dad had two brothers and we uh, were a close family. And at, at this family picnic that they were at, uh, when I was a little girl, I'm the baby of the family. So all the cousins are there and his older brother, uh, he, he's standing there with his older brother, my uncle. And he looks at him and he says, Bob, are they going to, are they going to make it referring to us as children, right? The, the grandkids, the, the nieces and nephews, are they going to be okay? And my uncle Bob looks at him and says, Dave, they are going to make it in spite of us. And when I heard that, when I heard my dad tell that story, first of all, it really fits with, if you knew my Uncle Bob, um, that's something he would have said, but it really stuck with me. And my prayer has been, Lord, would you do this in my kids, in my life, in spite of me? Would you, would you take all of the, the, the right choices that I make and all of the wrong choices that I make and just be God in spite of me? You don't, you don't have, you can be God without me. Um, would you do this work in their hearts or in, in my life or for your kingdom in spite of me? I'm going to give you the best of what I have. And I'm going to give you the right to correct me when I'm wrong. And you're going to keep teaching me everything I need to know. Just do this in spite of me. And that's the story that I was reminded of when you were sharing is, you know, God knows all of our weaknesses. He knows. And as you mentioned, knew beforehand uh, what mistakes we were going to make and what things that we felt like were going to disqualify us. And what a what a beautiful story you have. I don't think I knew that about you personally. And um, I don't know if you know that I worked in crisis pregnancy ministry for a long, long time and got to hear the stories of women who felt like they were disqualified. And so I'm so grateful that you openly share that story of how God moved in spite of the things that you felt like disqualified you. And you were able to passionately pursue God in the midst of that and look, and then be able to stand back and say, look at what God has done. Because it wasn't about Brittany. It was about what did God want to do through you? How was he going to make his name look great through you, even and through your mistakes, even and through my mistakes? So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that story. I really appreciate it. And I know some of our listeners will as well. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Several years ago, my husband and I walked through a very painful set of circumstances. In fact, what we dealt with may just rank up there as one of the most painful things we've ever experienced to date. It deeply wounded us and caused us to question our callings even who we were in Christ. Honestly, it caused us to question Christ himself. We often found ourselves mad at God for allowing it to happen in the first place. We felt rejected, disrespected, and very, very alone. Throughout the months that followed, we were confronted by this pain over and over, up and down, like waves of discouragement throughout the seasons. Sometimes things were fine, and then sometimes they weren't. When things were fine, I was filled with hope. I felt peaceful in my relationship with God and others, and I went about my days feeling fulfilled in my Christian walk. But when things were not fine, I was filled with fear. I felt frustrated in my relationship with God and others, and I went about my days wounded, wondering if I really had anything at all to offer the kingdom of God. It felt very much like being on a never-ending roller coaster of emotions, like having a Band-Aid ripped off just as the wound started to heal, only to have to start the process all over again. John 14, 27 specifically and clearly tells us that the kind of peace Jesus left us is not the same kind the world seeks to give us. And yet, so very often, I act like it should be. I could dwell on the longing of my heart to have peace in all my relationships, every circumstance, and with each new day, but that only means I want to control 
what happens to me and that I don't trust the God of the universe to give me the challenges I need to make me more like him. The other option is to choose the gift of peace Jesus died to give me. If I choose to look at Jesus as my peace, then anywhere I look, I see peace. Anywhere I go, I see peace. And any decision I make, I have peace. Peace doesn't always come from what's happening in our lives, from our relationships, or even from making good decisions. We just are not promised that kind of peace. But we are promised the peace Jesus gives. That kind of peace transcends any other and gives us the ability to release difficult relationships, circumstances, and even deep, deep wounds to the only one who can change them. I invite you to step off the roller coaster of your own life and choose instead to walk with the gift of peace Jesus died to give you, himself. Grab your copy of Everyday Prayers for Peace at millionprayingmoms.com or anywhere books are sold. To get into some specifics, I have a senior in high school this year. And um, right now we are having just all the conversations about what is next for him. So again, you said just a second ago, I don't want you to follow the plan. I want you to follow me. We had, we thought we had a plan for him. And he came to me just the other day and he's like, I don't know, mom, I'm not sure that's what I want to do after all. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's throw that plan out and see where we need to go. But one of the questions that we get caught up in here in our home a lot is what is my calling? And in American Christianity, we, I think, from my perception, we tend to see this question as equivalent to what job am I supposed to pursue? But the questions are really quite different. And in chapter two of your book, you share that all believers can be quite sure of what they're called to do. So tell us about that. And I'm listening to you through the lens of a mom who is trying to lead her, you know, almost 18 year old son to understand the difference of knowing what you're, you know, what you want to pursue as far as a job, but also what has God called you to do? And you can know that right now. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of layers to this and each layer is important. So we want to start with, as we shared a minute ago, what God says, the two commandments for all believers, love God and love others. No matter what you do, you want it to fall under that category. But that can look a lot of different ways. Yes, you can love God through being a missionary or a pastor or a monk or you know any kind of thing like that. Yes, absolutely. But you can also love God by loving your family, by being a good neighbor, by being a spouse. All of these things are also a way to love God. I'm sure that you would probably agree with this as well. Being married to a wonderful godly husband, I have learned so much about God, just seeing my husband, seeing the way that he loves me, seeing the way that he loves our children. I, yes, I love to read the Bible. I love to spend time in prayer, but also I love just watching him because he's a real life example as he's lived out his faith. Like this is what it looks like. This is how God loves us unconditionally. And so I think that there is so much value in that as well of whatever God has called you to. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it is a relationship. Um, Maybe it's a city, but maybe it's just to be the hands and feet of God wherever you are. But then I know so many people also do have this question, which is a really good question. And we should seek to know, okay, what is God's will for me vocationally? What should my job be? I mean, you know that you and I have had conversations about this lately as I have just released this book and I feel like I'm kind of moving into a new season where I am figuring out myself, okay, what am I going to do next? What projects am I going to take on at Equipping Godly Women? Or am I going to do these other ministries? Or um, I'm the kind of person who gets so many ideas and I see volunteer opportunities and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. And I want to do that. Like there's so like there's probably in the last two weeks, I could make a list of 10 things where I'm like, oh yes, that opportunity that I am marginally interested in, I could totally do that would be amazing. So I think what is going to be really helpful for anyone who is in this season right now that I have also been in lately of, okay, what job do I do? What does this look like? Practically speaking, um, you said the word practical earlier. That is such a favorite word of mine um, because I love the Bible, how it gives us so much wisdom and knowledge and encouragement in general. But I'm like, okay, no, let's make it practical. Like, what do I do? Um, break it down for me. I need some action verbs. Don't tell me to you know, love people. Yes, of course. But how? How do we do that? Um, so the process that I've been going through lately and the process that I share in my book is first by just brainstorming a list of all of the things that you could do. So what are the opportunities that you have? Um, And I walk people through this in the book as well, but okay, what are the skills that you have? What are the things that you are good at that other people 
you know, may or may not be good at it, but like you like are really good at this thing. What is the thing that people come to you and they affirm you or they ask you questions about this area? You just are really gifted in this area. Um, what skills do you have? What interests do you have? What abilities do you have? What life experience do you have? If you have been through something, whether it's something really good and fun or something really hard, you've learned something for that. God, um, if he's going to call you to something, he's not going to just drop you in the middle of Africa and be like, you know, good luck, go be a missionary with no advanced training. God is calling us to things, but he's working behind the scenes and he is equipping us. He's giving us the things that we need to go do these. So we can look back over our life and say, okay, what experiences do I have? What skills do I have? What abilities, what interests do I have? If God wants you to be a painter, he's going to give you an interest in painting. So I think that just super practically is going back and saying, what can I do? What skills do I have? And then from there, making a list, what are the opportunities available to me? Looking at your school, looking at your college, looking in your newspaper, Googling to say, okay, what are the volunteer opportunities? What are the job openings? And just making a list, what are all of the things that I could do? So once you have this big, long list, which is so fun for me to make, like this big, long list of all of the things that I could possibly do, then you need to start whittling because obviously you're one person, you can't do all of the things. So how do you know which one God is calling you specifically to do. So there's a series of questions that I have people go through in the book um, to help them answer. Okay. So I have all of these ideas that I could do. How do I know which one I should do? So I'll go through a couple of them really fast. Um, but one of them is, does the Bible give an explicit command? If the Bible very clearly tells you to do something, then you know that that's what you should do. You should love your neighbor. You should respect your husband. If you have one, you should train up your children well, if you have them, um, there are things that are very clearly outlined in scripture. So if scripture tells you yes or no, you don't need to pray about it. You don't need to ask your friends and family. You already have your answer. You already know what you need to do. Secondly is, has God already given you clear direction? Have you spent time in prayer? Have you prayed about it? Um, you know, maybe you've read job boards, you've read the newspaper, you've talked to friends and family, but have you taken the time to actually go to God in prayer? And has he given you an answer? If God has very clearly told you that you are supposed to do something, then you're supposed to do something. You don't need to ask your friends and family for advice. You don't need to make a pros and cons list. Um, you can ask him for more wisdom and clarity of how you will do it. But if God has very clearly told you, yes, do this thing or no, don't do this thing. Then, then you already know you have your answer, even if it doesn't make sense from a worldly perspective. We don't need to rely on our logic. Yes, logic is good. I am all about logic. But sometimes God calls us to do things where you you think this doesn't make sense. I don't see how this works out, but God knows and he's working it out. So those are the biggest things I would start with is does the Bible say anything? Has the Holy Spirit said anything? And from there, you can go into questions like, does this fit in with God's character? Would this allow me to grow in my faith? What are the likely outcomes of this choice? If I go in this direction, what is my life likely to look like? Is it likely to lead me to love God and love others and grow in my faith? Or is it likely to be a distraction that's going to make it harder for me to live out my faith? What is likely to happen as a result of this? What do I think will happen? So just ask some of those practical questions. And then lastly is to ask your friends and family and mentors for their wisdom and advice. And that's when you come in um, because I did come to you and some other women that I know. And I said, okay, here's something I'm thinking of. I am thinking of maybe this direction or that direction. I'm not really sure. Um, I want to like flesh out here is why I'm thinking of this direction and not. And so having those conversations is so good because I had these conversations with so many people and each person brought up a different insight that was so good for me to have. So I didn't just go to someone and ask them to make the decision for me, but I wanted that information and that wisdom as much as possible because each person said, well, what about this aspect or what about this aspect or what about this part of your personality? And some had some cautions about, you know, some things that might trip me up and others were so affirming and so encouraging and really encouraged me to go after what I do believe God is calling me to do next. So I think that's so important because we don't always see our blind spots. We think, oh yeah, this is perfect for this reason. And our friends and family can rein us in and be like, you know, that that's good, but I don't know if that's God's best for you. So just having that input of time spent in the word, time spent in prayer, time with friends and family and time just Googling and looking for opportunities, I think can be really helpful to help us have the information that we need to make a wise decision. You said a minute ago that your prayer um, is that God would 
raise your children in spite of you. My prayer that I always come, and I love that. I absolutely love that. My prayer that I come back to again and again is God give me wisdom. Like every day, um, constantly when I'm waking up in the morning, when I'm praying with my kids at night, it's God give us wisdom. Help us to see what is wise. Help us to make the right choice. And yes, use us in spite of it when we mess up because yeah, you know absolutely. we will. And I, I would say praying for wisdom is probably the second thing that I pray for. It's that thing that the Lord says, hey, ask me for it and I'll give it to you, right? So why not ask? One of my prayers recently for the, the boys has been very short and simple. And it's just show us, Lord. Just show me. Just show me. What is it? What is it that I need to see next? What is it about my my kids that I need to see? What is it about their personalities that I need to see? What is it about their you know, their next step that I need to see. What is it about? Just show me, Lord. And that's been a really sweet place for me to be recently because it really is a a place of trusting the Lord. But I'm asking him, it's almost like, I don't know if you all, uh, if anyone listening will have seen the movie, What About Bob? But he's constantly saying baby steps, baby steps, like baby steps onto the boat, baby steps onto here. You know, it's not having necessarily that end result. Like we said before, it's just, what is the next step, Lord? What is the next right thing to do? And and um, so that's been really helpful to me. I want to get into an another situation and have you walk us through what this might look like. Um, and again, I'm coming at this, you know, because I have kids in this age group, but it's of great interest to me. But in the book, you say there are three primary ways that God still leads and guides us. And you kind of walked us through that a little bit in the scenario that you just gave us through his written word the Bible, through his spoken word, the Holy Spirit, and through the opportunities all around us. So we kind of walked through that a little bit, but I'd love to give you just a a hypothetical situation, one that might very well be the situation of someone listening today. And it's in a similar situation to someone that I know that's working through this with their daughter. Um, So let's say that you have an 18-year-old daughter who is getting ready to graduate from high school and is feeling like God is calling her to spend a year on the mission field before attending college. If I had come to my parents who were wonderful parents and raised me in the church, but were also incredibly passionate about education, I think I would have met been met with some resistance to that because they would have been worried that I would never have gone back to college. There's that fear of, well, well once you take a break from the educational system, it's really hard to go back. And that is true. There is some truth in there that it is it can be hard. But But this particular daughter is feeling like she wants to spend a year on the mission field before attending college. How could God lead and make his will clear in her situation through his written word, his spoken word, and the various opportunities that she has? Walk us through what that might look like. Yeah. So starting with God's written word, when we see scripture, there's no letter to the church in the United States or a letter to Susie Smith. There's not that thing where we can't just open up to chapter 12, verse two, or whatever it is and say, okay, you should do exactly this. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. It's not so clear in that sense. So when I talk about going to God's word, I mean, going to the word to learn more about God's character what he values, um, to see the stories throughout scripture. There's so many examples of people who have done this thing or that thing and seen how it works out for them. So in this instance, if I go to scripture, I think what I'm going to see is a lot of, you know, God is a God who cares about people. I feel like this call of being a missionary just lines up so perfectly with scripture. We have so many examples of people who went and they were missionaries and they just shared God's love with people all over. And we see uh, the story of Jonah where Jonah says, no, I'm scared. I don't want to go. I know God is calling me to do this, but I'm going to shrink back. I'm going to not do it because I'm scared. And we see what happened to Jonah and God said, no, you're going like, you don't get to just step out of this and be afraid like you're going. So I think I would see that example and I would say, I don't want to go against what I believe is God's will for my life. If God is calling me to something, there's so many stories in the Bible where things maybe don't make sense from a worldly perspective or they don't um, seem immediately clear. But you see when these people obeyed God, even when it didn't make sense, that God came through and he did amazing things. And that's just so encouraging to me. And like, wouldn't you want to step into that story? So I see for this example specifically, this idea is so supported by scripture. I'm um, not that it's the only vocation. There's so many good things that they could be, but yes, this idea of being a missionary absolutely lines up with God's word. So the second is, does it line up with the Holy Spirit? So this is when you would spend some time in prayer and saying, okay, God, I know that you have a heart for missions. I know that you have a heart for your people all over the world. 
And God, I know that you created us to share the good news, but God, I need to know if this is what you have for me, if this is how I am being called. And I think it's spending a lot of time in prayer and asking God, show me where you want me to be. And one prayer that I really love that I've prayed myself when there's things that I have wanted to do that somebody else that would also be affected by this decision hasn't quite been on board with yet is to pray a prayer of God. If this is your will for my life, would you please make it abundantly clear both to me and for them? God put us on the same page. If this is your will for my life, then put it on both of our hearts. If it's not your will, then close all the doors. I don't want to have anything to do with anything that's not your will. If it, if it, this is not it, slam every door, um, prevent it, put everything in the way. I prayed prayers like that. And, um, I have seen them come true where I have said, God, close the door and like physically things like there have been barriers in the way that have been such an answer to prayer in the most obvious way of like, that is not the way there is this physical barrier there that was not there yesterday showing me that is not the way. So you can ask God and you can say, God, if this is not the way, make sure it doesn't happen. But God, if this is what you want me to do, if this is your next step for my life, not that we're praying, God, change my parents' hearts to what I want. But God, if this is what you you want me to do, then help me to know, yes, if this is from you, then put it on my heart so much that I can't say no. Put it on my parents' heart as well. Put it on the hearts of those around me. And I think it starts there. But then also there also has to be a recognition that as a parent, when our kids are little, we can tell them what to do. If you have a three-year-old, you tell them, you know, wear your coat, even though you don't want to. I don't care what you think you want. I don't care what you think God said to you when you're seven. Like I do care to, but like I'm a parent. I have life experience that you don't have. Um, And I think when our kids are very little, that that's appropriate. And we should do that. God has given us to our children to guide them. However, we have to eventually step out of that role. We have to move beyond being the Holy Spirit for them when they're too little to listen to themselves to say, okay. Yes, God speaks to me, but you know what? My child is also a child of God. My child can also hear from God. I don't need to determine their will for them. I need to encourage my child to go to the Holy Spirit themselves. I need to encourage my child in that way that you don't need my permission. My kids, as they're growing and gone, which my kids aren't quite there yet, but when my kids get to that point where they go out in the world, they're not accountable to me anymore. I have had my 18 years where I did my best, but my goal isn't, and I still say that now, even when my kids are still younger, my goal as a parent is not to get my kids to listen to me. From a worldly perspective, that'd be great if I got my kids to listen to me, but that's not my goal. My goal is to get my kids to listen to God. My goal is to show them what it can look like to turn to God. When I have a question, this is what it looks like to pray. And so I'm not telling my kids, hey, this is what you should do. But I am saying, hey, go to God, go ask him. He's got the answers. I can't be the well of answers anymore. I'm going to point you to God. I'm going to um, also be that good source of encouragement in your life that I'm going to tell you. I see this in you that is a bit of a concern, or I see this in you that's a strength. So I'll give them some information to help them make that wise decision because I know them and I love them. But at the end of the day, I'm pointing them towards God. Like, no, go see what he needs to do. And then um, as a parent, I'm also having to trust God myself and I'm having to go to God and have these um, conversations of God, I'm scared. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I am trusting who you are. I am trusting that you love my child. I am trusting that wherever you call them to be is where they need to be. Even if it doesn't make sense to me, even if it's scary, even if I don't know how it's going to work out, God, I am placing them in your hands. I cannot follow my child all over the world. I can't even follow my child to the other side of the city. If God has called them to college here, I have done what I can. There comes a point where you say, God, I am giving them to you. God, would you please keep care of them? Would you guide them? Would you speak so loudly and clearly to them? Surround them with good influences. Surround them with the right people. Um, Yes, pray for our kids' safety, but even more than that, pray for them to be bold and courageous and to hear God and to seek God because that's where our kids need to be. Not where it's safe, not where it makes sense from a worldly perspective, but we want to raise kids who seek God more than anything, even when it doesn't make sense. So that was kind of a multifaceted answer, depending on which part of the situation you're in. But as you say, like prayer is so important. And then the third thing was the circumstances. So if this person feels called to be a missionary, 
okay, there's a lot of ways to go about that. So then I would start researching and learning as much as I could, reading books about what it's like to be a missionary, watching documentaries, talking to um, people at church who have connections with missions and talking to different organizations, literally get on Google and look for various missions organizations, start talking to people, figuring out, okay, what are my options? How I said earlier, making that list, what are all of the ways that I can do this? You and I also have a mutual friend who has said she wanted to be a missionary and she was going to do that. And God didn't call her to the mission field. God called her to be an author and a speaker because she can still share the word of God from home on her computer. So God was like, yes, I want you to do that. But there's a different way to do what it is that you're calling. It doesn't always have to look like going to a remote village in Mm -hmm. Africa. It can. And if that's where God is calling you, by all means, please do. But there's so many ways. So the third thing is just getting into, okay, what organizations are out there? Um, What other missionaries can I talk to? Talking to a ton of missionaries, talking to a ton of organizations, getting as much information as possible so that you can go in with the wisdom to make good decisions with eyes wide open as much as possible to what you need to do in advance to prepare what you might be facing. But at the end of the day, it's just taking the time with God, knowing what he has called you, knowing you're going to mess it up on the way. It's okay. If God can take me at home and do things with me, he can absolutely do things with you wherever you are at right now. You don't have to have it all figured out. He will lead you. He will guide you. It's not about following the plan. It is about following God courageously, boldly, even when you're scared, even when it doesn't make sense, just keep walking forward and he will work it all yeah, out. I, I think that's so great. It's not just great for for me as I'm trying to you know, follow God's will for my life in this season in my mid forties. Um, it's not just great for uh, someone who is you know, a, an 18 year old trying to figure out what their next step is. I mean, this is really just foundational biblical understanding of the way that God works in and through our lives. That's really what it is. This is just having a correct biblical understanding of the way God moves and the way he leads and the way that he created us to communicate with him and to to have relationship with him. Um, I always say to people, sometimes they ask me, you know, how can I be sure because, you know, prayer is a two-way street. It's us talking to God, but it's also God talking to us. And sometimes people will ask me, well, how can, how do you, how do you know? How are you so sure that this is God's voice that you're, you know, that you're hearing? And my answer is twofold. One, the Bible says that his sheep know his voice. So if you are following him and spending time with him, then you will begin to recognize his voice. But also the more time that you spend in the word of God, the, the Bible tells us that the primary way that God speaks to his people today is through his son. And his son is what we know as the word, the word of God. If we are spending time in the word of God, then we will begin to recognize when something sounds like the master's voice. Because the more you hear it, you know, my, my children, so just to give you kind of a silly example, but it's an example. My kids play baseball. They love to play baseball. They, and so like we'll go to baseball games and I'll, you know, yell for my, I'm, I'm not necessarily one of those quiet baseball moms. I'm not an ugly baseball mom, but I'm not a quiet one either. And so I'll yell and I'll, you know, like, uh, whatever for one of my kids and they can pick me out of a crowd. They know my voice and I am not the only baseball mom out there yelling for my kids, but they know my voice and I know their voices because we spend time together. We have relationship together. We've spent, you know, effectively 17 and 15 years in, uh, in each other's company. And so they know me. They, they know what I'm going to say. It's not even just that they recognize the sound of my voice. They know probably what I'm going to say in certain situations because I've said it before over and over again. And so it's, the, it works the same way with, with God. We recognize his voice because we've heard it before, because we've spent time with him, those kind of things. And so it's, it, it becomes easier, not easy, but it becomes easier to recognize God's voice the longer that we spend with him in relationship with him. So I love how just practical and wonderfully applicable this is to just any season of life, really, anyone that is trying to figure things out. Um, as parents, 
what do we need to be praying to, to really put it in the perspective of the parents that are listening today? What do we need to be praying for our children as they are learning to follow God's will? Because it is a process. And as we've just spent the last five minutes describing, we mature in our ability to follow God's will or to understand what he's calling us to do the longer we walk with him. So what can we be praying for our kids as they're learning to follow God's will? Can you give us some verses or passages that might direct our prayers? Yeah. So I think it's going to vary a little bit depending on every family. And one of the things that I love is that we can't ask God what to pray for Yes, I will give you some examples in one second of things that I pray for, but we can also go to God and we can say, God, you know my child more than anything. You know what you are equipping them for, what you are preparing them for. You know everything that their future holds. So God, please help me know how to pray. Help me to know what things to pray for. So I think that's the first thing that I would do is just so that you get for your family, for your specific situation, like how do I pray? pray over my children? How do I pray for me and my husband? How do I pray for this community that we're in? Um, Show me what I should pray. But things that I pray specifically, especially with my kids each night at bedtime prayers, we pray that God would help us to love him and serve him more than anything. That's where our prayers always start. God, help us to love you and serve you more than anything, that no matter what we do, big things and small things, all of the things, that it would always be a way of loving you and serving you and that we would not do anything apart from that. I pray, as I mentioned earlier, I pray all of the time, God, give us wisdom. I love to pray, God, give us courage, God, make us bold because it can be so scary when we don't see the path ahead of us. Um, And that's why it's so important to be in God's word, to see that the same God who came through so many times, scripture is so full of so many examples of God came through here and God came through here and God came through here. And even though it all seemed impossible, even though you thought there was no way, even though it involved this huge miracle, the same God who came through back then, that's the same God that we serve today. So I think we're going to be scared sometimes. I think we're going to have that fear. We're going to have that hesitation. We're not going to want to obey. Even yesterday, um, there was a situation where I was like, I know I'm supposed to do this thing and I really don't want to. And I feel like I'm going to puke and I don't want to do it. And God and I had words for a couple of days, not days, hours. It was hours though. I was progressing so hard. I'm like, I know I need to do this. I know it will be good. I don't want to do this. But I think you just get that life experience going through where you see God has come through every time before, every single time that I have ever obeyed God, I have never regretted it. Never once. It has always worked out in my benefit. It has always worked out in my favor, even when I didn't see ahead of time what would happen. Um, There's been so many times just as a very full disclosure reel of my life. There's been so many times where I've wanted to say something and thought like, oh, I'm going to tell them exactly what I think and then not. And then later when I found out more information, been like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I didn't speak up because I didn't know all of the information. Um, and now that I know, I'm so glad I didn't do it my way, which to me, I thought made perfect sense. Um, and that's a conversation I have with my kids all the time too. When they get upset with me, well, mom, why won't you let me do this thing? Why won't you let me do that thing? I'm like, because I'm a parent and I know things that you don't know yet. And they say, well, explain it to us. Well, tell us, tell us what we need to know. And I said, but you know, you're not gonna understand it. You're only this many years old. You've only had this much life experience. I could tell you all of the things but it's not really going to make sense to you until you've had that life experience. And I think it's the same thing with God in us. He can tell us that something is bad. He can tell us to go this way. And the Bible is full of so much wisdom and example and instruction, but we don't always get it. And we still get scared and we still get fearful. So I think it's really just leaning on what God has already told us and then praying going forward. God, give me the wisdom that I need. God, give me the courage. God, make me bold. God, please close the doors. If it is not from you, God, close every door. And he will answer that prayer. God, if this is from you, please give me what I need. Um, Give me the resources. Give me the time. Give me the desire. Put it on my heart. God, surround me with the community I need. Whatever it is that you feel like you are lacking or that you don't have, have, we serve a God of abundance. Our heavenly father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created time. He created matter. Like whatever it is that you think you need, God created that. He has plenty. He has it in abundance. So I think it's going back to what are you fearful of? What are you scared of? What do you think you not have? What do you think you need? 
and just take it to God and just be honest and say, God, I don't think I have the time. I don't think I have the skills. I don't think I have the ability. Um, will you please give me what I need? Give me the courage, make me bold and help me to obey even when it's yeah, really hard. I love that. Thank you for that. And thank you so much for being here. This has just been a great conversation. And I think there's so many practical takeaways for me that I'm going to share. I might, I might make my 18 year old, he's almost 18, my 17 year old, I might make him listen. So I have done that a few times. I said, you have to listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, I've been known to do that here and there, but thank you for being here. Tell everybody that's listening where they can find you, how they can get engaged with what you're doing and how they can get, they can find a copy, uh, a link to the book in the show notes for today, but just talk us through where they can get engaged with you. Yes, absolutely. Check out the show notes. But if you want to connect with me directly, my website is equippinggodlywomen.com. Again, my name is Brittany Ann. And on my website, equippinggodlywomen.com, I have tons of podcasts and blog posts. And you can read the first chapter of my brand new book, Follow God's Will for free. Um, All of the information is right on the website, equippinggodlywomen.com. Awesome. Thank you. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Do you ever feel like you're on an emotional roller coaster? Like the circumstances of your life make it almost impossible to live in a state of consistent peace? Jesus warned us in John 16, 33, that his followers could expect to have trouble in this life. But the good news is that he left us his peace, not peace like the world gives, but peace that surpasses our ability to understand where it even came from. You can have that kind of peace. And in the newest prayer journal from Million Praying Moms, you'll learn how. Everyday Prayers for Peace is available to order now anywhere books are sold. Visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com to download the first day's devotion and prayer absolutely free. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or at the Million Praying Moms website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom. And don't forget to download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. This quick read will have you praying God's Word for your family within the next couple of hours. Seriously, find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.